was glad when they said unto me, let us go. If you're not glad that you're here tonight, you got about three seconds to get glad. happy that I can be here, and I trust that uh, you worship. I can't see you. This light's got me blinded, so if the Lord gets on you, just get up here where I can see you worshiping the Lord. Amen. I know you're out there. I count it an honor. Who knows what God will do before we get through? <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been, I've been trying in the last week to um, put together some of the miracles that God has uh, allowed me to see and be a part of. wish there were some from here I could put in this little booklet I'm trying to get together. So if God has done something for you, and, you know, I, I was looking, this is 20th year since I first was here, so I know he's done a little something for you. Yeah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Uh, I was just in um, Philadelphia, Mississippi this week, first part of the week, and uh, there was a man there at New Zion uh, was having heart problems, and he went to the hospital for a heart cath, and on six. 27, 2001, God healed him in the service. He went to the hospital, and the doctor, when he checked him, he says, I, I can't find anything that I thought we had found. So God hadn't gone out of business yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I'm glad that I know him. Brother Powell uh, come over to me uh, night before last, and he said, Brother Bourne, um, this man wanted me to give him a price on uh, cutting some trees, and uh, he said, there's not many out there, and uh, he told him what he would do it for, and First, he said, I'll, I'll give you 10% of what comes in. Then he, after going out there and doing a flyover in a helicopter, he come back to him and said, look, there's not many there. So I, I'm, I'm going to give you 50% of the trees that you take off the land. He went up from 10% to 50%. And in 30 days, instead of making... $7,000, he made $90,000. Yeah. 
because they kept bringing the trees out and they kept finding more and they looked like they were just multiplying when they'd take some out. There was more and God wants to do something like that around here for someone. He can multiply your blessings even while the service is going on. Hallelujah. I know that he can. I was down in Ocala, Florida, and uh, after church one night, I was sitting there uh, after we'd eaten, and I, I looked over to pastor's daughter, and I said, you're not married? She says, no. I said, um, the Lord just showed me that there's a guy coming to see you this week. And she said, who? I said, well, he's, he's going to be riding on a white horse. <laughs> she said, I don't want no cowboy. <laughs> I said, well, he's going to ride into town on a white horse. I said, uh, You'll know it's him because of that white horse. She said, Brother Bourne, uh, how do you think this fellow's going to get? I said, on a white horse. That's the way he's going to come into Ocala. And she said, well, when's he coming? I said, he's coming next week. And so uh, she was excited and she was disappointed because she didn't want a cowboy. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with cowboys. That's got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. So that next week, this, this man called and said, uh, uh, Pastor, uh, I understand you have a daughter and I'd like to come see her. He said, well... Do you know where I live? He said, well, uh, I've heard where you live. I, could I come up? He said, yes, sir. And he come riding into town on a white Mustang convertible. <laughs> oh, Lord. We laughed about that convertible. Now she's got three little ponies. Oh, Lord. Oh, she married that cowboy. <laughs> oh, dear God. What would God do for you? Yeah. Amen. My granddaddy was in his house one day, and his son-in-law come out and said, um, Papa, said, uh, potato bugs is eating up your potatoes. They, there's literally... Thousands, if not millions, I went through, and they are everywhere. They're just crawling alive. He said, well, I'll, I'll take care of them. He, he didn't have the money to get them sprayed. So um, his son-in-law watched him, and a few minutes he eased out of the house and walked down out in the middle of that patch and knelt down and just put his hand down in the ground like that. And he sit there about a, a minute like that and turn around and come back in the house. So his son-in-law walked down there to see where he was. And every bug in that field was had their head buried in the ground 
with their feet sticking straight up, and there was not one live potato bug in that field. And, and you think you got problems and you can't get around them. My Lord, there's, there's preachers around here to come to your house and they'll stand out there and hold out their hands and all the evil will have to leave. Or you can just believe it tonight and when you get home, everything will be taken care of. I just... I just believe it. Oh, dear Lord, have mercy. If, if, if we could just somehow get this in our head and, and believe that, that God would do it, my Lord, what, what would he do? I remember uh, this, this lady in our church. Uh, her family had um, very serious... Births, and the doctor had told her when she got married not to ever have a child because down through that family there were serious birth defects. And then after being married for a couple of years, she found out she was expecting, and she wept through most of that pregnancy. I told her one night, I said, Deanne, you don't have anything to worry about because God has taken care of everything that can go wrong and turned it around and you'll have a healthy baby. We had this one guy in the church. Uh, he was perfect at um, believing nothing would happen. That's, that's one state of perfection that he was in. So it come time uh, for her baby to be born, and that night, uh, th this guy had several grandchildren. He had never gone to the hospital to be with his family when their births come around. But he was at the hospital that night, and he was standing there. He looked at me. He said, well, preacher, you told her everything was going to be all right. He said, we fixing to find out how wrong you were. When the baby was born, the doctor walked out, and he didn't go to the dad. He went to Ray, and I don't know where he knew Ray from because they lived on the opposite sides of the county, but he walked right straight up. Instead of going to David, the dad, he walked up to Ray, and he says, Ray, we have a perfect child says it rated a 10. How do you like them apples? And he turned around and walked back into the delivery room. Oh, Lord. So if, if you want something good to happen, it, it might be good that you kind of put on your shouting shoes and, and get ready to worship the Lord because... I found out that it always comes with those who worship the best and who gives God everything that they got in a service. My Lord, have mercy. 
Oh, hallelujah. David uh, opened up a dairy, and he didn't have a lot of money. He, had, he was milking 25 cows. And uh, the blessings of the Lord were so much on him. Those cows give more milk by two times than the, actually the other dairies where they had cows. And when the calves started coming around, he had 15 sets of twin heifers in a row. 15 sets. The cooperative extension guy said, we've never had that on record. Um, there was another man in the church. He was milking 150 cows. And he was, he, when those cows were born, every one of those bull calves that were born died. He come to me and said, Brother Bourne, I don't understand how he can have 15 double births of, of uh, heifers, and I'm losing everyone. I said, well, I can tell you, it's simple. His tithes is $1,100 a week, and yours is seven. It don't add up. Well, you can take that for what it's worth. <laughs> oh, Hallelujah. You do your best, and God will show you the best side of his angelic host who will come down and protect you and your children. And everything will go right instead of wrong. Hallelujah. I've already entered 200 major miracles in here, and I'd like to... Enter another hundred before I leave here. Oh, Lord. Let, let me read a scripture so you think I preached. <laughs> Leviticus 15 and 43. Leviticus 15. Pardon me, Leviticus 13 and 43. And the priest shall look upon the plague in the skin of the flesh. And when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh, he is, it is a plague of leprosy. And the priest shall look upon him and pronounce him unclean. Verse 44. If he is a leprous man, he is unclean. And the, the priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. The plague is in his head. The word utterly there means doubly if it's in his head, it's doubly unclean. L let me talk to you a little bit on the subject. Don't forget me in the field. You say, well, what does that title have anything to do with this? You know, whether I'm in the field or in the town, whether I'm on the road or whether I'm on a boat, 
whether I'm flying across country or whatever I'm involved in, I want the blessings of the Lord to be with me, and I want to think on what God's going to do tomorrow because I'm praising him for what he done today. Hallelujah. So instead of having your head all twisted around wrong, that, well, it won't be anything happen tonight. This is just, um, what is this, Thursday night? This Thursday night, and uh, pastor's gone. He's up at camp meeting having a good time tonight, and we're here having a good time at church. And I think I've got my head screwed on straight, and I don't want anything to be doubly in my head. The Bible says his leprosy, he is a leprous man. He is unclean. And the priest shall pronounce him doubly unclean because his plague is in his head. He can't think straight. He don't think God's got the power to get him out of that mess that he's in. He don't think that God will ever get him through his financial crisis. He just don't think God's going to do anything for his sick children. He doesn't believe that God's going to heal his wife. Hallelujah. His old car won't crank, and he knew it was going to be that way. Dear Lord, I, I try to believe it the opposite. I try to believe that when I go out, everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. I, I, I was in the fellowship hall one night, and uh, this man uh, uh, come around. He said, Brother Bourne, my old car that I'm driving, the reverse went out in it about three months ago, and I have to park uh, where I can just take off because I can't back around. And uh, he said, uh, you said we had a need to come to you and you would pray for it. You think you can pray that off my car? I said, well, sure I can. I mean, it's no more than asking God to heal my broke arm. Your reverse is messed up. We're going to just ask God to just do it. And so I said, now I'll tell you what, uh, just pull your car around here by the fellowship hall where I am and I'll come out and I'll pray for it. Well, I got busy and an hour passed, and finally he come over and said, Brother Borne, have you forgotten about me? I said, well, yes, I did. I said, let's go. So we walked out and then walked through the door, and he had pulled straight up to that door. And I said, that's not the way I told you to do it. I said, well, I'm fixing to pray for it. Now, let me tell you what. You've not had reverse, and when you pull her down in reverse, give it a little gas because his car is parked behind you. He said, I ain't got to worry about him. It don't work. I said, it used to not work. You brought it around here. You had to have some kind of faith. So you, instead of, pulling straight down so you could just go right straight on out of the parking lot. 
you pulled into the door. He said, well, I, I made a mistake. I said, and God fixed it. I said, now, when, when you crank it up, I said, remember, ease back and don't hit the other cars. He said, well, I ain't got to worry about them cars. I said, shut up. God's already fixed it, and you're trying to get him to break it down again by saying it's going to happen like it always did. We'll have to push it out and then get it where we can take off forward. But when he got in it and he pulled it down in reverse and hit the gas, and he had to hit his brakes and slide backwards keep from hitting the other cars. And I said, I told you. Don't forget, God can do anything here tonight. And he's not going to forget you in the field or in the town or in your car or at Walmart. He's going to take care of everything where you're concerned. My Lord, have mercy. And, and, and then I, I think about those who are doubly unclean because in their head they can't believe that God can do it. God wants to do some double cleaning up around here because he said when it's in the head, boy, you got a problem. And, uh, well... I got this book that tells me that he'll do anything. Yeah. You know, when you get 80, you don't walk like you used to do walk. I got it pretty good on level ground, but them steps, they bother me a little bit. Than used to. I just always stick out my hand and someone comes and helps me down the steps. But I don't have no problem in my head believing God's going to do for you. Hallelujah. You got your head screwed on straight? <laughs> you must have really been working it because you got all your hair off. What would God do for you if you just believe what the book said? <laughs> Set up and say that real loud. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You believe it? Yes. My Lord. God will do anything. Yes. Hallelujah. I was, I was preaching this revival, and uh, there was a lady sitting like on the second pew right there, and I looked there, and I said, where's your husband? She said, he don't come to church. I said, well, he's coming tomorrow night, and God's going to fill him with the Holy Ghost. And I said, it really depends on how you worship. Oh, mercy, she got wild. And when she finally settled down, I said, because you worship like that, God's going to give you uh, twins, a boy and a girl. She said, when? I said, how long does it take? 
nine months to the minute, she had a boy and a girl born in her life. The next night, her husband come and got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. We got to believe that God will do anything we allow him to do. Hallelujah. I wish I could get all of you responding like that. It's good to see some of you responding. I'm getting down here where I can see you. Trying to see the white of your eyes. Oh, Lord. You know, I, I, I preached at church where uh, it's been a few years ago when I went there. This guy was sitting on the third or fourth seat. And I looked at him and I said, what's wrong with your eye? Y'all remember me telling y'all that? Uh, maybe I didn't. Anyway, I said, what's wrong with your eye? He said, I, I was born. That eye never developed. It's just a wad of white stuff in my eye. And it, uh, I guess I got used to it because uh, it's, it's always been that way. I said, well, how would you like God to heal it tonight? He said, well, I'll make it pretty good without it. I said, that's not what I asked you, sir. I said, how would you like God to heal it? He said, well, I'd love that. But I've had it like this for 73 years. I said, shut up. You're fixing to knock the very miracle of God giving you a new eyeball in the head by being satisfied to live the rest of your life without a good eye. And God wants to give you an eyeball. And so I, he, he sat there and looked at me, and his wife looked at him and looked at me and looked back at him. And when I got through preaching, I was standing up there talking to, to the pastor. That's where I was preaching just night before last. And all of a sudden, I heard someone scream, and I thought, my Lord, what in the world's happened? And I looked around, like that, didn't even move my feet, just turned like that. And he come running up there, and he said, Something's happening to my eye. He said, and I looked, and that white in his eye was just twisting like that. And I said, my Lord, what in the world's causing that? And all of a sudden, bloop, an eyeball popped out. Just like the other one. Oh, hallelujah. And, you know, I, I, I'm convinced that God would do something similar or better for you because he wavered a little bit on the beginning of that thing because he was just as happy to have one eye. That was before it happened. Hallelujah. I'm glad God gives somebody a second chance. To worship him. <laughs> oh, Lord. And so I, I just believe on this Thursday night, God would love to have someone go home uh, the happiest day of their life because all of a sudden they got a hold of something. And when you walk out of here, you will still have it in your hand. And when you wake up in the morning, you'll still have it in your hand. 
and God will multiply unto you whatever you ask him for. Hallelujah. Or you could leave here doubly unclean because it's in your head. My Lord, have mercy. If I could get inside your head, I, I, I think of a scripture. I uh, was reading it today. Uh, the Lord picked up a prophet by the hair of the head, walked over by a wall. That's what the Bible said. And he shoved him through that hole in the wall. And when he got in there, he found some things that uh, wasn't exactly right. Because it says, round about in the energy of his head, he saw all types of four-footed beasts chained there. And God had to set him free. And if you got things in your head that would cause you not to have the best thing that ever happened, Oh, Lord, I, I, I was just, I almost said where I was. God help me. Uh, anyway, I, I was preaching sometime in the last century. <laughs> and uh, I, I told someone, if you would worship the Lord, God would do things that you cannot even imagine. And they went, their lips never moved. I'm sure they were really in gear. And then they let the hand down. And then after 10 days, they said, God never does anything for me. I said, you don't do anything for God. God just wanted you to get a little wild. get wild? <laughs> Have you been wild lately? Hmm. How do you respond, son? <laughs> My Lord, have mercy. I, I, I'm trying to find someone who would actually respond. <laughs> to clean out your head so you can think straight. Hallelujah. Hey, son. Hey, do that again. saying it's not necessary but when God blesses him above measure and you say why does God always bless him or them hey 
It's, it's simple. You give God your best, and he will stop the host of heaven and say, I want you to go down to, where is this at? To the, to the six-foot pew, and I want you to touch him like he ain't never been touched. And on his job, I want you to give him a raise. My son, my son and I was working on a job, and, and uh, he said, Daddy, I, I, I need a raise. I said, okay, son. I pulled off my nail apron, laid it aside, put my rule over there. I said, take off your nail apron. We're fixing to worship the Lord. I said, now, uh, what kind of raise you like? $5 an hour? Oh, no, 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 no. Just a dollar an hour. I said, no, 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 son. No, no, no. If you're going to ask God for something, ask him for. I said, ask him for five bucks an hour. He said, I said, I want a dollar an hour raise. I said, son, don't do that. He says, daddy, that's what I'm asking for, a dollar an hour. I said, oh. And about the time, here comes the boss man walking by. And he walked right by him, and he stopped, and he said, Son, effective immediately, I'm going to give you a dollar an hour raise. I'm talking about within 30 seconds. And he walked off, and he says, Daddy. I said, Don't daddy me. He said, had five dollars an hour just as easy as I got that dollar. I said, I tried my best to give it to you, but you was determined you didn't want but one dollar. I said, so take it. I challenge you. Don't reach for one crumb. <laughs> I said, don't reach for one crumb. Oh, dear Lord. What's the title of my message? Don't, don't forget me in the field. How about don't forget me in New Albany? <laughs> God can heal leprosy. Matter of fact, he come along and there was 10 of these guys out there in the field. Couldn't come into town and he just touched them all and they all were healed. And one of them, he gave them instructions, go show yourself to the priest after the law and uh, the priest will tell you what to do according to uh, the book of Exodus. And uh, you do what he tells you. And the nine of them were so happy, they took off a running home. I don't have leprosy anymore. But the one went to the priest, and he said, uh, 
The good man told me to come by you. And the Lord says, concerning this man, he says, I restored all to him. The other guys, they were cleansed of leprosy, but they still didn't have no fingers on their hands. They still was walking a little crooked. But the one who obeyed him, the Bible says, and he restored him. Hallelujah. Just like the little lady who pressed her way through. Finally, down on her knees, crawled close enough to just reach out just to touch the hem of his garment. And the Lord says, somebody touch me. And when he turned and saw her, the Bible says, and he restored to her all. That's what it says. Everything that it had cost her for 13 years paying a doctor bill. Everything she had lost because she lost her job. Everything that was gone because she had nothing. And then God says, everything that you ever had, I'm going to give it back to you right now. I, I, I think. I, I think. If, if God wants to give everything back to you, and all you got to do is I, I know you probably don't need anything. I see them pretty shoes you got on. <laughs> Boss. <laughs> I think I got one of them. How would you like God to pour it on you tomorrow? <laughs> and, and you don't want it? respond? I'll tell you what, I'll take yours. Let me, let, 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 me, let me tell you one more thing here. I know, oh Lord, maybe I should just let you go, but uh, my Lord, I, I was in this service one day and I, uh, there was the I didn't know he was the pastor's son, but uh, I learned that after the service, he was sitting, I believe, on the third pew from the middle aisle. And I, I, I walked to him and I said, sir, would you like to be blessed? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, well, it comes with a cost. He said, well, what's the cost? I said, God wants you to get out in the aisle and just worship him with all your heart. And he folded his arms. He said, I don't think that's necessary. I said, it is for you tonight. You want God to bless you, but you just want him to give it to you on credit. And he wants you to pay for it. 
and doing what God loves the best when people worship him. He looked at me and he says, that's not necessary. And I said, well, sir, I, I'm sorry to tell you this. Because you've refused, when you start home, you're going to have a car wreck. You're going to lose your car and almost lose your life. And I turned and I said, Pastor, who in the world is this? And he dropped his head. He said, it's my son. But it didn't change that boy's outlook because it happened. There was another man visiting that night. And he got up and walked up to the front. He said, Reverend, I'm, I'm not a part of this church. But can I have what he didn't want? I said, well, yes, you can. He said, the job that I've got, uh, there's 25 men of us work, and I am the bottom man on the totem pole. Everybody makes more than I make. Everybody seems like they got more. I have nothing. And I said, God wants to bring you from the bottom to the top tomorrow. And so he responded. When I tell you he responded, he went back and got his wife and she responded. And they shouted. And that boy stood there and looked at him and said, He was said, hmm, it don't happen that way. But it did. That man, after church, I said, I don't know where you work, but in the morning, I want you to get in your car and go to where you work at 7 o'clock before the office gets there, and I want you to walk back and forth across that parking lot, and I want you to pray. And he went, and he was there till 9 o'clock that morning all the people in their offices looking out the boss was inside standing right by the door just kind of wicked He left there and went to the other office where he worked out of, the main office. And by the time it was 11 o'clock, he started walking back and forth in that parking lot. And his boss called him in after about an hour and said, I, I need to talk to you, sir. He said, um, if you want to fire me, that's okay. He said, no, that, that's, that's not what I want to talk to you about. He said, our phone has not quit ringing since both our offices opened up and they want to talk to you. 
He said, they've been faxing in the orders, and it's more than all 25 men that works in the office has ordered in a week, and it's come in today, and it's st- the fax machine is still running. He said, what in the world are you doing? He said, I'm just obeying that crazy preacher the other night. He he said for me to walk in front of this place until God broke it. He remained the top salesman in that company for years. Everywhere he turned, it was just... Hallelujah. And it all comes about, he, he didn't even belong to that church. He was, he was several hundred miles away from home. He just happened to step in and he said, I'll take what he don't want. And boy, when God poured it on him, it was like something you cannot even believe. Oh, Lord. Give me a hand here, sir. Steps is difficult for me. I like flat ground. (laughs) God is going to, I don't know, maybe 10 people. No, 10 will really get with it. (laughs) Maybe a few more. Forget us, Lord. We're giving it our best. Don't forgive us, Lord. We're giving it our best. Don't forget us, Lord. We're giving it our best. your prayer right now. God, reach over and touch her husband now, Lord. Put it back on his feet, Lord. God, I'm believing you right now.
Bye.